So there was an occasion during the life of the Buddha where one of his disciples, Venerable Kilamananda, was unwell in a lot of pain. And uh, Venerable Ananda took this news to the Buddha, and the Buddha then taught him a way to uh, relieve all of the painful feelings, which was to contemplate that all physicality or mentality is anatta, is not self. And this was uh, the medicine of the Dhamma that the Buddha was giving him to contemplate all rupa, all nama, as not-self. And through doing this, all of the painful feelings uh, that he uh, was experiencing disappeared and his illness was relieved. So when we're sick, uh, we go to doctors to cure our physical pain, but we also need to take care of our hearts as well. And we do this through uh, reflecting upon the nature of physicality and mentality, that these things are unstable, they're unsure, they're um, inconstant, they're stressful, they're not self. And that's the nature of all physicality and mentality. So we reflect upon our own bodies, that we have this breath, and it comes in and it goes out. And if we breathe in, but we don't breathe out, or we breathe out and we don't breathe in, then the body dies. This body which we attach to, which we are so fond of, we see that it really doesn't have any true meaning. It doesn't have any essence to it. And it's the same for all the wealth in this world. There's no real meaning to it. So if we experience happiness here in the present moment, then when we pass away, we'll also experience happiness as well. And if we experience suffering now, then we'll suffer in the future too. So we should all try to build up goodness here in the present moment, to lift up our minds, to bring them to joy. And uh, we do this through our generosity, through taking up the precepts, the five or the eight precepts. And these are skillful acts. And we do that with this life. We have happiness in this life because of the goodness that we do. And uh, then when this body breaks apart, then we'll go to a happy place as well. And... Uh, we will gain wealth um, in that life as well, uh, this, the, the wealth that we take with us in our hearts. Uh, because when we are good, when we do good deeds, then the hearts feel very at ease. They feel comfortable. And just like when we have a shower, then we feel cool immediately. And also when we go out and stand in the hot sunlight, then our bodies feel hot. And uh, so the happiness and the stress, the sorrow, we experience that here in the present moment as well. When we're generous, then the heart feels joyful and feels very light. And that happens here in the present moment. And then we take up these precepts and we keep our actions of body and speech within an orderly and pleasant manner. And this is the happiness that we gain from our morality, our virtue. So we see that uh, morality, virtue, has these benefits. And just like, uh, as is chanted after taking the precepts, silena sukhating yanti, that morality, these precepts, they have the benefits of happiness. So for us, we do these things. We develop goodness. We develop a lot of merit. We're generous. And this brings happiness into our lives. And we feel like we're very lucky to have this life. We're still alive till this day, this month, this year. Perhaps our birthday comes around and we feel very fortunate to have reached this age, to have had this opportunity to be born as a human, to meet with the Buddha's teachings, that we have this kind of luck. So we use that well 
to build up goodness, to do all kinds of meritorious and skillful deeds. And there are special occasions that we come together to do this, such as New Year Day, or the beginning and the end of the Rains Retreat, um, different important days in the Buddhist religion. Um, these are days that we especially focus on creating good deeds, this merit. And uh, merit is all the things that we do that bring happiness into our hearts. And the opposite is true. Uh, for Papa, for this demerit, uh, harmful deeds, these bring about suffering in the hearts, but merit brings about inner ease and happiness. So just like how when we sacrifice, we're generous, then the heart feels at ease due to this. We don't wish to take other people's possessions as our own. And if we do, then this demerit, this harmful thought or intention, this brings about um, a state of uh, dis-ease within the heart. So we have to look right here at our minds in the present moment, asking ourselves, what is this mind like? And uh, we try to keep our awareness here over the mind, always be abandoning greed, hatred, and delusion. And through doing this, we're walking the path to seeing the Dhamma, to attaining to the Dhamma. And so generosity, sila, virtue, and meditation, this all helps us, aids us, uh, brings us to abandoning greed, hatred, and delusion. And every step we take along this path, we're one step closer to Nibbana here within our hearts. Because Nibbana is at the end of the world. Whenever we go to the end of the world, wherever the world ends, right there is Nibbana. So greed, hatred, and delusion is the world. And when we're freed from these kilesas, then we go beyond the world and Nibbana appears. So as we steadily reduce greed, hatred, and delusion then we steadily get closer and closer to Nibbāna. And so we do these good deeds, these generous acts, and we also keep um, and maintain and cultivate right view, our samādhiti, and we take this as normal state of our mind. And we have this intention to free ourselves from suffering, uh, to not find pleasure in uh, the senses or give in to ill will. And we have this intention to build up goodness. So we've come, we've made our offerings, we've taken up the precepts, these five precepts. And when we practice these five precepts, uh, they become the foundation for samadhi and for wisdom. And then we'll see for ourselves what nibbana is like, what happiness of heart is like. And we'll gain this insight clearly within our own hearts. We'll see the benefits of generosity and of virtue here within ourselves, and we'll see that they uh, bring great benefits to us. And just like as is chanted, Silena Bhogasampada, that Sila brings us wealth, this noble wealth. And uh, so we get one kind of wealth from this world, but that's a wealth which is not permanent, it's not stable. And there are many different dangers uh, which can come and take it away. Different kinds of disasters, floods, fires, earthquakes, for instance. So we need to be very cautious of that wealth, always be worrying about it, always be trying to take care of it, because these things might come up, these natural disasters or thieves may come and steal it. And there are many dangers to this external wealth that doesn't bring us peace. Because we always have to be cautious around it, we always have to be taking care of it. But when we use some of that wealth and uh, give it away, when we're generous with it, um, and we also keep our precepts, then this turns into the noble wealth. And uh, so, as is chanted, Silena Bhogasampada, that the Sila brings us this noble wealth, a wealth that no one is able to take away from us. So we intend in keeping up these precepts and taking them on and looking after them. 
And when we do that, the benefit that we gain is that of samadhi, this firmness, this collectedness of mind. And uh, so in order for our samadhi to gather together, it needs to have this foundation of sila there first, this sila taking care of the heart. And uh, when we don't have that sila, it's very difficult for us to experience inner peace, for the mind to collect together. There's always a state of inner turmoil uh, because our precepts are not kept well. But when we can keep them, then and they become complete. And then we can go on to this training of samadhi. And we can do this through anapanasati, through taking up the breath, the in-breath and the out-breath as a meditation object, recollecting uh, this breath. Uh, because it's normal uh, for most people in this world to be thinking without stop. There will always be this uh, inner narrative that goes on and on. So how do we bring that to a halt? Well, we need to train ourselves in meditation so we can practice watching the breath, the in-breath, the out-breath, sitting in meditation in this way, uh, putting our right leg over the left, uh, placing our right hand on our left palm, setting the body up straight, bringing mindfulness to the fore, not allowing the body to go and lean to the left, to the right, to the front, to the back, and keeping it in an upright uh, manner that's just right and closing our eyes in a way that's just right, and uh, bringing the body to an upright posture, but also a relaxed posture as well. And then we take up awareness of this breath. We breathe in very deeply until the lungs are full, and then we breathe all the air out and do this three times. And we bring our minds here into the present moment and uh, tell ourselves that we're sitting all by ourselves. We cultivate metta, bring up the heart of kindness, think, may I be happy, and may all beings be happy. And then we bring the mind to the breath. And there are three bases with which we can be aware of the breath as it comes and goes. The first is the tip of the nose, and then the second is the heart area, and the third is the navel. So as we breathe in, we go from this first base to the second to the third, and then breathing out, it's the opposite. We start off the out-breath, being aware of the navel, and then as the breath passes through the heart area, and then as it passes through the tip of the nose. So we follow our breath initially in this way, because if we just try and stay with it at that one point at the tip of the nose, then our mindfulness may not stay. So we follow, as it, follow it as it comes in and goes out through these three bases. And when we've come to know the breath at these three points well, and our mindfulness doesn't leave, then we can bring it to just one single point, the tip of the nose, for example. So as we breathe in, then we have mindfulness there, knowing that. As we breathe out, we've got mindfulness at that point, knowing it. And we can also bring up a mantra as well. So breathing in, recite putto. Breathing out, recite putto. Or we can split this word up. So bringing, breathing in, recite put, and breathing out, do. And so we can take this meditation word as well, look at that along with the breath. And when the mind is peaceful already, then this mantra will leave on its own accord. And we're just left with the breath, knowing the in-breath, knowing the out-breath. And as we carry on with this, the mind becomes more peaceful and the breath becomes more and more subtle. And then it's possible that there's no sensation of breath left. So we just bring our awareness to the knowing. When the mind is peaceful, there's joy, there's rapture that can fill up the heart. And uh, this is what it's like when the mind is at peace, when it's um, freed from all these distracting sense objects, when it's cut off thought and proliferation. 
one has put these things to a halt, then it comes to a state of peace like this. And we do this through this meditation practice, through cultivating our minds, being aware of the breath, just knowing this in-breath, this out-breath. Be intent that right now I'm sitting, I'm meditating, and this is all I'm going to be aware of. Put down everything else. Put down all your duties. Put down all your work. Put down the past put down the future, and uh, just be here in this present moment for this next 30 minutes, this next hour. Train yourself in this way. Have mindfulness here with the breath. Have mindfulness over the mind itself. And then it will come to a point of stillness. And we'll see the mind in its state where it's not uh, distracted by these different sense impressions. And what's that like? What's peace of mind like? What's the disturbed and chaotic mind like? And when we know these things, we'll be able to compare them. So when the mind is in a state of calm, when it's in samadhi, and it feels this kind of peace, this kind of happiness. And then we can take that calm mind and contemplate, look over physicality and mentality, see the nature of being inconstant, uh, unstable, and stressful, and not self. We see clearly that all form is not self, that it really is this way, that all mentality is not self, it actually is this way. Uh, this insight becomes very clear in our minds. And this is due to us staying with the breath, staying here in the present moment, and due to the mind being at peace. So for us to get this, we need to keep our precepts well. And taking good care of our virtue generates the causes and conditions for well-established samadhi. This, in turn, gives rise to wisdom. And the mind here is able to abandon greed, hatred, and delusion. And uh, when we do this, when greed, hatred, and delusion are put to an end, then right there is Nibbāna. So developing our mind is something very important. And there are different methods we can do this, like I've just explained. Or we can also count our breath as well. We can count in pairs. And uh, so on the in-breath, we count one. On the out-breath, we count one. We count in pairs like this. The in-breath two, the out-breath two, in-breath three, out-breath three, in-breath four, out-breath four, in-breath five, out-breath five. And when we reach the fifth pair, then we come back to number one. So in-breath one, out-breath one, and then two, three, four, five, and then increase it to six. And then we come back to one again, and we increase uh, each time by one pair until we reach ten. So we count in this way in order to ensure that our mind is staying with it, that it's staying with the counting, and if it loses it, then we start all over again. And we carry on doing this until our mindfulness is able to keep track of the breath until we become skilled at it, until the mind enters into peace. And then we can just know the breath coming and going. We don't have to count then. We can also try counting very quickly. So on the in-breath, we count one, two, three, four, five. The out-breath, one, two, three, four, five. And we count quickly in this way. Um, likewise, in order to keep our mind here with the counting, so it doesn't get distracted, so the mind reaches peace. So these are different ways that we can practice anapanasati, the mindfulness over the breath, counting the breath quickly, counting it as pairs, or knowing the breath as it passes through the three bases. And these are all methods that we use to bring the mind to peace, but we also need to be aware of our own character and what is suitable for it and what most easily allows our minds to reach peace, and then we use that method. And then when the mind is in a peaceful state, then we'll see the benefit of this. We'll see the benefit of sila, silina nibuting yanti. The sila is what brings us to coolness, to peace. It's what brings us to nibbana, that it has these great benefits. So for us as Buddhists, we are generous, and that's just a normal part of our lives. Uh, but we see that those Buddhists who take up the precepts and keep them well are less. 
And uh, then on these days off, uh, like we have now, we can really be intent that we'll keep these five precepts for the entire day, that we won't go and nag people or complain. We're not going to shout or abuse people. We're not going to uh, gossip or speak in frivolous or useless ways. So we maintain right speech in this way. We don't steal. We don't take intoxicants. We keep the five precepts well. And uh, in keeping them, they take us beyond, above the world. And so we take up the practice of generosity. We take up the precepts. And this gives us the wealth of humanity and also divine wealth as well. But it's when we come to meditate that we get to know the Dhamma. We get to see physicality and mentality as being unstable, as being stressful, as being not-self. And here we get the worldless wealth, or the wealth that's above the world. The wealth that comes from abandoning the world. And so we see that the wealth of the world is tied up with gain and loss, uh, with fame and distribution with uh, praise and censure, with pleasure and pain. And all of these things are not sure, they're undependable. So we need to develop our minds well in order to go beyond the world, in order to reach the state of uh, lokutara jitta, where they're not attached to anything. And we don't even attach to this mind. We don't see the mind as being me or as mine. We let go of everything. We let go of all our views. We let go of greed, hatred and delusion. And we see that the mind is just the mind. It's not a being, it's not a me, it's not an other. And this is citta nupasana, uh, having mindfulness over the mind, seeing the mind is merely the mind, it's not a being. And we let go of the mind, we let go of greed, hatred and delusion, and we realize Nibbana. The path that takes us there is this noble eightfold path. And so today we've taken up the precepts, and this is a wealth appearing for us. And um, and also by doing this, we're on this noble path, this path of sila, samadhi, and panya. And we need wisdom to take up these precepts as well. We need wisdom to be generous. And we come to listen to the Dhamma to develop meditation. And this is all the path that takes our minds out of suffering. And we gain the results from that here in the present moment. Uh, that comes, the results, they appear within our heart here, right now. That we have happiness here in the heart right now. And then also when we pass away, we'll gain happiness in the future as well. But we have to look at our minds right now to see these results in the present moment. And uh, we try to keep these precepts um, and keep them well. We don't just take them while we're in the monastery. Because if we do, then when we leave the monastery, when we go home, um, it'll all be a mess. And so we try to keep our precepts in a complete way all the time bringing about peace in our actions of body and speech. And so we're determined to not complain. We're determined to not speak in a way which stirs things up. And uh, if we're of the habit to do that already, then we do this less and less. We don't speak in a way which causes pain to other people, which um, afflicts uh, painful emotions upon them. If we have the habit to do that, then we do it less and less. So this virtue brings about peace, or actions of body and speech. And we practice in this way. We walk this path in this way. This path that takes us to seeing Dhamma, to seeing Nibbana. And so may all of the lay people who are listening really be devoted to this way, to practice like this, to be contemplating well to be uh, developing this anapanasati, uh, taking this as the practice to bring about inner peace. 
And when the mind is peaceful, then contemplating, looking at this body, seeing its nature of inconstancy, of stress, of not-self, seeing the heavenly messages of old age, sickness, and death there within the body. Contemplate, see what this thing is actually like. See the body as it actually is, see it clearly. And in doing this, we'll see the Dhamma. We'll see the teachings of the Buddha right here. And so may all of you grow in the Dhamma.